FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our live coverage of the 2017 Wolvie Awards. What? We're not live. Here we are at the yellow and blue carpet. We're not live. I'm your host, Jason Venable. We're not live. And who is this with me? Your wife, Denise Venable. Yes. Reminding you that we're not live. You are a kill joy. I try. Yeah, well, you fix me. I want you didn't tell me this was fake news. <laughs> fake live. <laughs> we're fake live. It's the only kind of news left, isn't it? Right. Fake anyway, live. Anyway, welcome to our 2017 Wolfie award show where we celebrate the best of all things Wolverine comics for the last year. It is award season. You know, we just had the Grammys and I think the AMAs, right? And uh, country music stuff. And I think Max is trying to tell us there was a dog show. Oh, was there a dog? He didn't get best in show. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the Oscars are coming up soon. Um... And so it, yeah. Um, oh, you just had the Super Bowl. That's kind of an award, right? And yeah. got the Winter Olympics right around the corner. So awards and gold medals and trophies are in the air, and we are no exception. We are going to talk about the best of the best for 2017 Wolverine comics. You ready? Yes. Max had to get his award. Yeah. His award is bacon and chicken flavored. <laughs> he knows when we podcast, he gets one. He gets the award for the most incessant bark. <laughs> he gets the award for the most annoying producer. <laughs> Uh, we love you, Max. Or would he be our editor? I don't know. No, he's a producer. He barks and tells us when it's time to stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll follow follow traditional award shows and and end with the bangs. Sure. Okay. Well, um, no one wrote in, and I never could find a snack. So we will uh, forego the best snacked this year <gasps> I will try to keep a better eye out in 2018 I haven't seen one yet mm, but there's a really great snake panel in one of the ones I just read okay well bring it up and I'll add it to the notes for okay. next year um, but this is for 2017 uh, we're going to start with our best Wolverine letterer <laughs> the uh, one the only well, I mean, there's kind of two guys that 
that routinely do letters on on Wolverine and X Men comics. Um, mm-hmm. That would be VCs Corey Pettit, which I just realized my phone autocorrected to Vix. <laughs> Vix Corey Pettit. Um, woohoo! And of course Joe Caramagna, who is also a great letterer, but. You know, to keep Denise on the podcast, uh, <laughs> we're going to give our award, I think, three years running. Um, uh huh. For best Wolverine letter to VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Woohoo. <laughs> um, uh huh. And for best slurping at the water bowl, Max is racking in the awards. He's going for the sweeps. Uh huh. Um, all right, anytime now, Maxie. I really don't want to edit, so you can go ahead and wrap up, and I'll leave it there. (laughs) Don't drool on me. All right, next up is Best Wolverine Inker for 2017, and I I really feel like um, there's a person we'll talk about later, uh, another nominee who had or is having kind of one of the best phases of their career, and I think... I mean, yeah, they're they're doing awesome and doing great work, but I think you gotta gotta give credit where credit's due. I think um, the combination of the pencils and inks is really what's helping this person have their career, and that that'd be Greg Land. And uh, his inker on Weapon X is Jay. Shh, listen. And I really think um, he's had a strong year this year doing some inks and. So the 2017 Wolvie Award for Best Wolverine Inker goes to Jay. Shh, listen. listen. <laughs> All right, so. Moving on to colors. Moving on to colors. Best Wolverine covers. Col- colors. Get colors. colors. Yeah. It's hard when you're talking about both. <laughs> anyway, Best Wolverine Colors for 2017. We have a few nominees here. Um. For his work on Old Man Logan, we have uh, last year's winner, Frank Martin. All right. For his work on Deadpool versus Old Man Logan, we have Lee Luffridge. Okay. Did really cool, subdued colors on that book. Um, And for his work on All New Wolverine, we have Nolan Woodard. Okay. Any any thoughts? Uh, Frank Martin... um, I had really good contrasting colors. Went from kind of dark and dull to bright and flashy. Uh, Lee Luffridge, very subdued, kind of almost gives an old look to that that book. Um, and Nolan Woodard's just was just steady this year with with a couple of different artists on All New Wolverine. Just really made that book look consistently good all the time. Okay. So any any opinion on these three guys? Any any comments about? Well, considering the, I've only read two of them, my preference would be Nolan Woodard. Okay. But that's just because I couldn't wait for Old Man Logan to go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know I. So we'll talk about that because I was leaning towards Frank Martin because I felt like his colors were maybe the strongest part of that book. I can see that. Um, really gave it some visual flair, especially when he was working with Diodato. Um, really 
gave his art some life. Um, like in that Hulk run, didn't really love all the art all the time, but like the different greens and stuff he used, I thought were really, really cool. Um, so just an example. Um, I don't know. You want to want to coin toss it? Sure. <laughs> Um, let's see. No, what do you think? I don't know. Okay, so I, I and this is hard because I never read Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Lee Luffridge is one of the greats right now. I mean, in an era of really, really good colorist, he is a guy that, that does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, My vote would be, we gave it to Frank last year, right? I believe so for Origin 2. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I say Nolan Woodard. Okay. We will go with the crowd. So the 2017 Wolverine Award winner for Best Wolverine Colors goes to Nolan Woodard. Yay, Nolan. Yay. All right. So next up. We have our best Wolverine artist for 2017. For his work on Weapon X and doing some of the best work of his career, I think. Um, starting off that book before it got kind of boring after he left. Um, <laughs> uh, Greg Land did some amazing pencils to kick off Weapon X. For his work on Deadpool versus Old Man Logan and just... His style and just his brutal violence, uh, Mike Henderson. And by the way, I cannot wait to see on Daredevil. Um, anyway, had a, had a great couple issues at the end of the year. Um, then two guys, kind of the two main artists for 2017 on All New Wolverine. Um, Leonard Kirk, who had a run that it kind of took us a minute to warm up to, but I think we both ended up really liking by the end. Um, especially the, the issues he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy were, were really outstanding. Um, and then kind of ending the year, the last several months, um, Juan Cabal on All-New Wolverine. So um, I do think that Greg Land is doing some of the best work of his career and is continuing that on Incredible Hulk right now. Um, but as much as I loved... His work on Weapon X, I thought his old man Logan looking kind of like a wrinkled monkey was the weak part of that book. And since that's the Wolverine character, I, I think maybe maybe we'll uh, move on. Okay. <laughs> um, Mike Kinderson, I really, really loved. Um, but I think it really, to me, comes down to Kirk or Cabal on All New Wolverine. Um what what are your thoughts on those two? You're you're gonna be upset with me. I don't know the difference between the two. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm the artist in the group and I just Alright, so Juan Cabal is the guy doing the book right now. And Winter and Kirk was the guy that did it before. It was a little more a little more traditional comic book looking. Oh. Um. I don't know. I like both of them for their own eccentric reasons. Right. Um. 
Can we give them both a Wolvie? Um, or do we have we, to pick one? Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards Cabal. Okay. Um, I think he's done some really interesting layouts and um, there's some really cool things uh, in the book and just has really, really brought s- some really cool things to that book. So are you good with that? I'm groovy. All right. So the 2017 Wolvie Award for Best Wolverine Artist goes to, I think we already said it, Juan Cabal. <laughs> All right. Um, so next up is Best Wolverine Writer. And I, I think this is a shoe-in. Are we skipping the snake? We'll come back to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Taylor has done things for all new Wolverine that has made that consistently one of the best books on the shelf. Um his stories and just his handling the characters and his introduction of Gabby slash Honey Badger. Um, I don't know. He's just, this is one of the, one of the iconic runs in Wolverine lore. Um, and I think he's definitely defined or redefined Glora, you know, as, as the all new Wolverine. So I think without a doubt, the only really name in the conversation um, the winner of the 2017 Wolverine Award for Best Wolverine Writer has to be Tom Taylor. Okay. All right, so we have a couple left. Next up, we have Best Wolverine Cover for 2017. So our nominees are All-New Wolverine Number 20 by Adam Kubert. Okay. Which is the introduction of the new costumes. Uh, we have, you know, all new Laura's new kind of Weapon X and Batman costume, and then Honey Badger, or at that point, just Gabby's costume. And then a really cool pose where Gabby's claw and Laura's two claws make the classic Wolverine three claws together, standing back to back. Yep. Just a really, really cool cover. Uh, next up is all-new Wolverine number 24 by Leno Yu. Um, very much black and white with some red splashes. Um it's a very eye-catching cover. Yeah. And by the way, the one that Dan voted for. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up is All-New Wolverine number 26 by the Dodsons. Just a great cover of, of Laura running away from the facility in the snow. The colors are really cool, but also it's just a very, very striking cover, very interesting cover, I thought. Okay. Next up, we have Astonishing X-Men number three by Ed McGinnis. To me, this one's really about the colors. This is the one that shows the progression from James Howitt as a little boy to Weapon X to old school Wolverine costume to old man Logan, you know, all walking walking through the desert under a yellow sky with a just piercing sun. And then in the sand is the adamantium skull with claws popping out. Okay. It's an interesting cover, I thought. I know Georgie's groaning. He didn't care for it. <laughs> I'm with you, Georgie. Okay. Well, all right. And then rounding out the nominations is Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number two by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair. Um, really love the white space on this one and the banner and even the numbering. But, but the white space and the rubble is basically Old Man Logan and Deadpool 
falling down the side of the cover with some rubble with a lot of white in the kind of middle of the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're disagreeing. <laughs> now, to be fair, I love all of these. Um... I have some that are more of my favorite than others. All right. So I think we'll, uh, you agreed with Georgie, so we'll, we'll kick off uh, staunching X-Men number three. Okay. Um, you seem to be more impressed by others than Wolverine number 26. Yes. So you kind of were leaning towards... Either the Deadpool cover... Okay. Or the all-new Wolverine 20. 20, which is Adam Kubert with the spotlight on it. Yes. Which I like a lot. I was kind of leaning towards the stylized black and white one because of the red eyes and the red mouth. Okay, so here's my logic behind it. Okay. For me, a cover has to not only be visually engaging, but I like when there's just little... There's a little something that when you see it, maybe not the first time, maybe it's the fifth time you go... Oh, and so what I love about All New Wolverine 20 is the three claws because they're back to back. They make the classic three claws and I enjoyed that about it. And I enjoyed the fact that because they're sort of back to back, um, it's almost like the two are one. Um, so that's what I liked about that one. What I liked about the Deadpool one is the use of white space. It goes against everything that you see in a comic book cover. And I love that there's just a big number two in the upper corner. Yeah. Now, all these covers have been really cool um, with lots of white space. Um, And, of course, Shelby's just a a great artist. Um, But this is also someone not saying, you need to fill it up with color. Like, (laughs) right. You know, it doesn't have to be plastered in color. And I know that you really like the all-new Wolverine 24, but then I feel like that's what they were trying to do. We're just trying to fill up space and make her head as big as humanly possible. I didn't get that at all. I thought it was a close-up. No, I mean, it is a close-up, but to me, it's slightly intrusive, but that's just me. Again, I like the the Easter egg or the going against the normal cover. Okay. Well, I think we can settle on, on this one. Uh, so we're going to give the award for the 2017 Wolvie award for best Wolverine cover to only Wolverine number 20 by Adam Kubert. Alrighty. So Kubert racking up the Wolvie awards the last couple of years. He is. Yeah. Um, all right, so our last award will be the best snicked, and there's really only one to talk about. Okay. The uh, Seeing Red Snicked from All New Wolverine number 27 by Tom Taylor, Juan Cabal, and Nolan Woodard. So all three of which you just won a Wolverine Award, so they're also going for best snicked. And I'll see if I can find it here. It's the one where Laura's claws not only make like the eye of the snick, but also the flat part of the K. And I thought that was a really interesting use. 
Yeah. We've seen the clause be part of the word before, but never like this. And when you add to the fact that it was a big red square with the hand and the snicked, I just I think this is by far the best snicked of the year. I can see that. All right, cool. Well, so that's our awards. Sweet. Hope you enjoyed them. I'll tweet them all out later. Maybe some of the, these people will be interested that they won. <laughs> of course, you win nothing other than re- re- you win recognition. Our respect. Yeah. The accolades. We'll make a little wolfy statue someday. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, now it's time to move to the after party. Woohoo! We're going to talk about some comic books. Um, before we get to our regular books, we have the Where is Wolverine uh, kind of what we're calling post credit scenes that started this month. So we have three issues of that. Um, so we'll kind of burn through these pretty quick because they're only two pages each. Um, <laughs> okay. So we have Captain America number 697. The Mighty Thor, number 703, and The Amazing Spider-Man, number 794. This is cool if we get to talk very briefly about some books I don't normally get to talk about on this show. Um, Captain America, number 697, is by Mark Wade and Chris Samney, with colors by Matthew Wilson. The Where's Wolverine is by Lino Francis Yu, Jerry Allen Guillen, and Matthew Wilson. Letters on all of it is by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Chris Samney and Matthew Wilson. And the cover is pretty cool. It's got Craven the Hunter with his arms crossed, kind of smirking. And on his back wall is Cap's shield and then Captain America's head on a plaque. He's been hunted. He's been hunted. All right, so this story is basically kind of uh, the most dangerous game with Craven the Hunter. But turns out Craven's, you know, he is hunting Cap for the sport, but he's also being paid to deliver Cap to somebody else, to this terrorist organization that freezes Cap in the water. Oh no, he's frozen again, like in the 40s. Repeat. Eh, yeah, we'll see. So, anyway, at the end, we have one page of Wolverine. Logan walking into the bar that we started the book with where Captain where Steve Rogers is playing pool and uh, Logan walks in and asks if uh, he says hey bub hoping to catch up with a friend of mine tall beefy blonde guy you seen him around and of course the bartender who was in on Craven kidnapping Steve is like nope and uh, Logan says alright well he's always getting sidetracked so I'll meet up with them some other time. So I did think it was cool that you know it, these kind of stories of, of Logan looking to kind of find some of his old friends. I thought it was cool that he started with Steve. Um, yeah. You know, it kind of shows their long, long history together. You know, ups and downs in the relationship, but still the respect that, that Logan has for Steve. Um, you know, now he's back and we're not quite sure what his mission is, but the first place he goes for help or to reconnect with people is is Steve. So it was not going to be one of the X-Men. I think think Steve's the right guy. So I enjoyed that. Um, As far as this book overall, pretty fun story. Um, Samney's art 
with Matthew Wilson's colors make this book. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, lots of really cool panels and art and everything. So I'll give Captain America 697, 5 out of 6 claws. All right, Mighty Thor number 703. Continuing kind of the end question mark of Jane Foster's story. Uh, where's the credits in here? Oh, here we are. The Fall of Asgard, written by Jason Aaron. Art by the great Russell Dodderman. Colors again by Matthew Wilson. The Letters and Production by VC's Joe Sabino. And the cover is by Dodderman and Wilson. On the cover, we have the Mangog charging Asgard. It's a, it's a pretty cool cover. Um, basically, in this story, we see that Jane, we realize that, you know, the hammer is killing her. She's to the point now with, because basically every time she turns into Thor, it purges her chemotherapy. So her cancer just gets worse and worse and worse. And they now feel that the next time she turns into Thor will be her last if she turns back to Jane after that, she will die. So, Thor Odinson, Stephen Strange, Falcon, and uh, what's the the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent? Um, is it we, um, dang it, what is it? <laughs> anyway, her S.H.I.E.L.D. buddy, I suddenly cannot remember her name. Anyway, they all have basically have like a Thor intervention. And of course, all this is going on while Mangog is destroying Asgard. Even the destroyer can't stop him. So Jane finally agrees, okay, I won't do it, but you guys got to fight for me. And of course, they agree. Um, so at the end, we have our Where's Wolverine story. And Logan comes to visit Jane in the hospital, leaves some flowers without a name. And um, walks out. And a couple of interesting things. A, it reminds me of the story long, long time ago when Logan first got ready to profess his feelings for Jean and he was going to take, he bought flowers to take to her in the hospital after they pulled her out of the bay. But then he saw her in there with Scott and he threw the flowers in the trash. <laughs> so, whatever reason, it made me think of that. But also, I don't remember. Logan having a lot of interaction with Jane as Thor. Um, but I guess he has some pretty, um, pretty deep sympathy for her and, you know, is concerned for her well-being. So he brings her flowers. Um, anyway, this book is continually, you know, with... You know, I, I say right now my top three books in no particular order are All New Wolverine, Mighty Thor and Birthright. And this issue does not disappoint. Um, art's great. Writing's great. I'm going to give Thor 703 6 out of 6 claws. Alright, last for this episode, Amazing Spider-Man number 794. Uh, Threat Level Red Part 1 Last Chance. Written by Dan Slott and Christus Gage. Pencils by Stuart Eminem. Inked by Wade Van Grabiger. Colors by Marte Gracia. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, covered by Alex Ross. And Alex Ross continues to paint great covers, just does a great job painting superheroes. Here we have the uh, uh, Scorpio guy um, busting out of his cell. It's a pretty great cover. And that's basically where we are. Um, the Zodiac guy gets the, uh, 
The Zodiac key back and escapes. Meanwhile, some of Norman's henchmen bust into this undersea fortress to get um, a canister of carnage. And they give it to Norman Osborn. And that's kind of where we leave off. Anyway, Eminem's art, as always, is great. The colors are great. Um, it's a fairly fun story. Um, I think the most intriguing part is the last page. Um, but, you know, the fight with, with the Zodiac stuff is fine. Um, and just the art alone is so good. Uh, so then, anyway, we end up, so there's a battle at Big Ben. And Spider-Man throws Zodiac through the clock face and everyone's upset. And so Logan is now finding himself in London and he's looking for Spider-Man. But he's like, no, that's all right. I'll find him later. (laughs) He's a world traveler. Yeah, traveling the world. Um, Anyway, I will give this book... I kind of want to give it five for the art, but... I don't know. It's more of a four for the story. Um, Give it a four. All right, fine. Four out of six claws. (laughs) Which brings us to our actual Wolverine books. So what did you think of these, these pages we had of Logan coming back? It was interesting. Um, you're talking about for all new Wolverine, right? No, no, no. Uh, these these where oh. Wolverine pages we had. I feel like they're filler. I'm visiting <laughs> my friends, but I don't ever see them. <laughs> so I'll just move on to the next friend. I feel like we're about to get a list where like there's names on it, and he's just slowly crossing <laughs> them off. I tried, but they died. Right. Yeah. I'm just glad it's only in books that I'm already buying. Plus. Okay, think about this. If you traveled all the way to England to talk to Spider-Man, you're like, nah, he's busy. (laughs) Really? You're going to travel all the way back to the U.S.? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done and he'll want a pint after this. (laughs) Yeah, I think the next one he shows up in is Incredible Hulk, but we'll see. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, well, you probably won't find him either. Yeah. Or maybe he'll find Bruce and they'll both be like, I'm not the Hulk anymore. (laughs) And he'll be like, all right. Cross you off my list. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was uh, Where is Wolverine? So now we will move to our regular books. Uh, we have All New Wolverine 29 and 30. Uh, we're going to conclude Orphans of X. Oh, good. So 29 is written by Tom Taylor with art by Juan Cabal. Colors by Nolan Woodard. All three recent Wolvie Award winners. Yep. Oh, and VC's Corey Pettit does the letters, all four. <laughs> this book got the sweeps. Um, the main cover is by Elizabeth Tork. Uh, it's a pretty great cover. Um, has Wolverine and Old Man Logan and Sabretooth bound and gagged. And behind them, the Orphans of X in their ceremonial robes about to shoot Laura in the head. I think it's a pretty great cover. What did you think? I like how the stripes on her legs make the third claw. Oh, interesting. That kind of new. Didn't even see that or think about that. See, that's why I'm on here. <laughs> the only reason. Just the kidding. The only reason. 
Alright, so remember the Orphans of X are all the people that have been hurt by Wolverines in the past. And they've basically put a bullet in everybody's head. So what happens in this issue? Uh, so they put a bullet in everybody's head. And then... Uh, a Miramusa bullet. So they can't yeah. heal. Right. So they can't heal. And the girl's like, you've done it. So take this thing off. Um because he's wearing a mask and kiss me you fool right uh and our heroes are um i'm sorry they're in japan they're feeding their souls to miramusa's pit to make yes. the armor for laura and they all recover they have some fun little gabby finally tour. feels pain she doesn't like it <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but there was only enough to make one set of armor, and he makes it for Laura. Right. Um, but right after he makes it... Uh, I love Cabal's smell-o-vision. Oh, yeah. Where Wolverine, Laura smells the uh, approaching assassins outside, and we see it almost like Daredevil's radar sense. There's like a line through her nose... Like cutting through the scene, she's like, "It's really cool." Yeah. So she runs out naked. Uh, she has underwear on and a bra. She's yeah. naked. She's running out in the snow. Hope she doesn't feel pain like Gabby. Uh, to ward off the assassins. All right. She's gonna get her friend. She's getting dressed, and we see one of the orphans of X with orphan of X hand ninjas. Okay, all I have to say is she ran out in the snow naked and then got her uniform on, which is probably made out of some sort of dry fit material. Let me tell you, that stuff's not easy to like slide on, <laughs> especially if you're cold and wet from snow. Yeah, there's a lot of chafing that's probably going on. Maybe so. Anyway, I love this this fight with our, first of all, everyone snicks at the same time, which is pretty great. Um and Laura's like, all right, well, they're hand ninjas. Go for it. Um, and they're not alive, so Gabby, do your worst. <laughs> yeah, but Gabby's like, um, guys, my ninja just turned into ashes. Is that supposed to happen? Yeah. <laughs> just, I love that panel. It's just a really great panel. I love the innocence that they write her with. Yes. Yeah, T Taylor does a great job. Um, and then Gabby gets shot. Um and we see some other stuff going on. So some of our Orphans of X big wigs land. And they're going to shoot Dokken. But then Laura shows up in her Power Ranger armor. Yeah. I love Cabal. This is not my... I mean, I get it. I mean, I don't know what else it would look like. It's basically Wolverine armor, samurai armor. And just, you know what? It's not really power. It reminds me of Green Goblin from the first Sam Raimi. Spider-Man. But film. Okay, so here's my question. So her fingers are showing, okay? So her little samurai is like a fingerless glove, right? Yeah. Her armor. So why does her face have to be covered? Like, why can't it be more like a cowl or like her Wolverine mask where it fits on her face and even maybe goes like over her hair a little bit? But like the bottom, I don't know, the whole robotic boobed, thing is <laughs> I, I I totally love the costume 
until you get to the face mask, and then you lose me. I'm I'm over it. Is is interesting. Um, I like the shield a lot. I like the detail on the shield. I love everybody's reaction behind her, including Jonathan the Wolverine. Yeah. Okay, but can I bring up a a point here? So right. the armor is supposed to protect her, and right. he made a shield. So that shield probably had enough stuff in it to make like a chest plate for Dawkin. Well, the shield or... was already made, though. Remember? Oh, that's true. Well, he could have melted it down <laughs> while he was melting everything else down. I don't know. Can you melt down weapons that have soul in them and put them back in something else? I don't see if why the not. Soul would escape. I don't know. But anyway, our big flash splash page. Um, has his ups and downs. I think she's trying to protect her whole face. That's why there's no naked chin. But, um, it's just weird. She just looks... Right. She looks like something out of Aliens. Yep. Anyway, they uh, the Orphans of X brag about how they've got the other Wolverines, which makes the water mad. But hey, the armor holds up. Um, then Dawkins has a plan. What's his plan? His plan is to get caught. Okay, what's he going to do when he gets caught? He's hopefully going to track or let everyone track him to where they are. How? Well, do you find out in this one or you don't find out till the next one? Because he just cuts himself. Well, he says your cell phone does it have full battery. Yeah, so he basically yeah. shimmies his cell phone so they can track the GPS. I thought they told him at the end. Yeah, they say at the end, he put my phone inside himself. Oh, okay. So we can use it to track him. So he made his own microchip. Yeah. He self-chipped himself with a cell yeah. phone. So they take Doc in, and then Gorgon shows up, um, cuts the he head off this guy, because uh, Gorgon does not appreciate the fact that the Orphan of X guy used the hands ninjas for his own personal mission so he apologized to Miramosa asked what he can do Miramosa's like well give these guys safe travel wherever they want to go and Gorgon's like sure so they're gonna follow Dawkins signal and they do to Brooklyn and then Brooklyn uh, yeah. no sleep till yep exactly <laughs> and so they see a warehouse they take care of some people and then Laura is mad. Yeah. Like she's going to do some brain surgery. But not in her costume. She's not in her armor. No, she's in a regular uniform. But she has her shield with her. Yeah, she does have her shield. All right, what do you think of the art in this book? I thought it was nice. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Colors are really good. I thought everything looked, looked really nice. Um, what do you think of the story? Okay. I'm slowly getting bored with it. Oh, really? Okay. Slowly. All right. Very slowly. I think because I felt like this was filler. I was really? more enthralled with the next one okay. than I was this one. Fair enough. Um, I thought the colors were really good. The art was really good. The writing was really good. I really like the way that Gorgon is like, uh, you can't do this. I'm the leader of the hand, and he cuts the guy's head off, and it's like, all right, how can I make it up to you? <laughs> it's honor. Yeah. 
So, uh, all right, well, I'm going to give all new Wolverine number 29 five out of six claws. I'm guessing you're going to go a hair lower, maybe? Four out of six. All right, fair enough. All right, moving on to number 30. Uh, same team, except for the cover, is by Dan Mora and Romulo Fajardo Jr. And Dan Mora draws uh, Laura and Dawkins in some kind of watery pool. Um, flanked by a bunch of Orphan of X baddies. What do you think of this cover? I like it. I'm having a little issue with some of the proportions, but... Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's not... Now, I've been really, really enjoying Dan Moore's covers um, at both DC and Marvel. This is not my favorite of his. Yeah. Dawkins looks weird. Laura's me. shoulders are too wide for her body. Like, her shoulder... Like, well, the ball of her shoulder is sticking out. Yeah. yeah. Like, it needs to be pulled in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a fine cover. And overall, I like Dan Mora a lot. This is not my favorite of his. No. All right. Well, so the end of Orphans of X starts with Old Man Logan waking up. He wakes up and they're like, hey, welcome back. And he's like, what happened? I thought I was dead, which cracks me up. They're like, you were, we cut out the bullet, you healed yourself, life goes on. Yep. And Dawkins, like, half naked. No, they're full naked. They're all naked. Yeah. So. Does Logan have a. No, he just got a a sheet. Oh. Well, at least he's trying to be modest. Right. In front of, you know, everybody. Dawkins just letting it hang out. Right. Um,. But everybody's healed. Everybody's getting ready. Dawkins has weird six-pack abs that bend forward. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure what was going on there. Yeah. Anyway, they wake up. um... They wake up. They decide they're going to go after the orphans of X. Right. And we get to... My favorite snaked. Well, it's a multi-snaked. It's a multi-snaked. Every yeah. person in there is snicking. Yeah. Except for Lady Deathstrike shrinks. And she snicked before. But in this in this time, she shrinks. Oh. Well, at least um, the rest of them snick. Yeah. I wonder why Gabby's not snicking. She's just kind of chilling. Maybe they ran out of room to write the word snicked. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway... They decide they're going to cut down the the wooden post and let the floor topple on top of them. Because there's seven orphans of X up above right. them. So they collapse and they're like, but, 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 we killed you. And Dawkins like, yeah, and that pissed me off, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, and then my favorite part of the, the book and maybe the whole story, Laura throws the shield and we get some art of Star Spangled, Stars and Stripes. And Gabby's like, oh, man, you Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, with the shield, she does kind of look like a... Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so they get some information. Uh, they get a name, Henry Sutter. Ooh, that name sounds familiar. So Laura, yeah, so... Sutter is the kid that she saved. Right, after she killed his mom and dad. Yes. And she was going to kill him. She was supposed to kill him, but something 
and his tears got through to her and started her on the path towards redemption. Yep. But he apparently did not forgive and forget and spent the rest of his life planning for revenge. So now we have a nice page with lots of panels and some talking um, of Laura getting her armor on and saying, you know what, Sabertooth, Deathstrike, y'all need to go. Yep. Because I have a plan and you're not going to be of any use. No. It, well, I mean, I think she knows, like, they're going to want to act on their impulses. Right. And she needs, right now, for no one to act on their impulses. Well, Tom Taylor does something really interesting, and he kind of turns the story on his ear. Because Laura basically says, well, you know, the orphans of X are kind of right. Right. I mean, intentionally or not, we've done some really crappy things to these people. Well, and it's interesting because at one point, I think we've already passed it. Um, you know, Laura's like, I think this started as a support group and, you know, turned into something bigger. Right. And Gabby was like, yeah, they have a newsletter. <laughs> um, and so it's interesting because it does. It shows you how groups of people can come together to support each other and then like an entire movement. Um, takes forth. Right. It also shows that, you know, when anger and grief are involved, sometimes people can rally behind the wrong things. Right. Um, anyway, Sabretooth's like, yeah, we're kind of indefensible. <laughs> and so she wants, Laura gets an armored up. She wants everybody to stand down. Uh, and she walks right in and everyone shoots at her. And I love kind of the way Cabal decided to show this. I was indifferent to this panel. Okay. So she's getting shot in the armor, but, you know, the armor is made up of the souls of her and her friends, and kind of it shows that the armor is really made up of them. You see these kind of almost Jedi Force-like ghosts surrounding her. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Nice visual. Yeah. There's just a lot. There's a lot going on on this page. Yeah. It was busy, but... Not in a bad way, at least not for me. Um, anyway, then she walks up and starts taking her armor off. <laughs> and says, you've had, you were robbed by us and our actions, had stuff taken away, hurt, loss. She's like, guess what? Me too. I have been abused, forced to do things against my will, used, sold to men. That shame crippled me once, but I refuse to own it any longer. I won't apologize for being young, powerless, and enslaved or for the people that took power from me. That's not on me. I'm like you. We are victims of the same system, people responsible for the people I lost. Um, the people that made you made me. And she's like, Henry Center, I know you're there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Don't listen to her. And she kind of, she tries to say, you know what, I'm not responsible. And he's like, nope, you don't get to say that. And he shoots her, and she lets him shoot him a couple of t- or lets him shoot her a couple of times. And he's mad she won't fight. But Lord's like, I'm not going to. And um, basically says, we could have killed you as uh, Logan, Dawkins, and Gabby, all in Orphans of X. Hoods, 
which I think Dawkins and Omen and Logan maybe could have hid. Uh, Gabby's still in her Wolverine hoodie. Hmm. <laughs> Not very inconspicuous, but they all snicked again simultaneously. And like, we could have killed you all. And Henry Sutter cries again. He drops his gun with his Orphan of Exit logo on the handle. And um, Laura basically says that she wants to join them. She wants to join their support group, track down the people that used her and made all this happen, and take them out. And they're like, are we supposed to believe you? Right. (laughs) And she says, I am an orphan of X, and she puts the hood on. And interestingly enough, the other characters never took their hoods off. Yeah. So anyway, Laura puts her hood on, crosses her claws, and later they took a vote. Um, but Henry did not vote, or he didn't vote the way that... Yeah, he was the, the nay. He was the, the contrary vote. Um, but they vote. They eventually vote to let Laura do what she wants to do and help her. Um, and then they're able to get Sarah's body and bury it, and Laura gets some closure. Well, Dawkins says, like, hey... We, we're going to do this. You're going to do something for us. Right. And he feels like with everything that Laura's been through, the last thing, she, or the, the one of the things that she could really use is to be able to bury her mom and have that closure. Right. And then at the funeral, everyone's suited up. Even Jonathan the Wolverine has a suit and tie on. Aww. <laughs> All right. So what do you think of the art? I liked it. Yeah, that was really good. What do you think of the story? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I really liked how Taylor kind of turned the page a little bit on the script. And um, I don't know, just the emotion in Laura and yeah. the pathos of what she's going through and how she identifies with, you know, the people that are, are attacking her and realizes that they're just victims and she wants to kind of give them justice. But... Not through her demise, but by helping them catch the people who are ultimately responsible. I thought it was a really interesting ending, a really cool ending. And you know, normally a story like this might end with Laura like finding her way through the orphans and and not wanting to, but maybe having to put like Henry down to save herself or to save right. Gabby or something like that. That would have kind of been the predictable ending. And I'm I'm glad that Taylor did something different. I I like this issue a lot. Okay. So, what are you going to grade on in Wolverine number 30? I'm going to give it 5 out of 6. All right. So, we'll stay a, a claw apart. I'm going to give it 6 out of 6 claws. Um, you know, uh, Cooley Bear put a tweet out that, um, you know, when's the last time you saw such emotional weight in a Weapon X story? Um, I think we see that from time to time. But, you know, as far as, like, the program and Laura being turned into a weapon and just the emotional weight behind this is very, very strong. Yep. Right. Denise is running out of gas. so. Uh, I, these chairs aren't comfortable. I'm sorry. So we have Old Man Logan, number 33 and 34. Uh, the end of Scarlet Samurai and the beginning of Moon over Madripoor. <laughs> Excuse me. Both written by Ed Brisson. Uh, number 33 is art by Mike Diodato Jr. with colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And covered by Diodato and Martin. 
On the cover, we have the Crimson Sam, or so sorry, the Scarlet Samurai, who we know to be Mariko, um, throwing Old Man Logan out a window and with the moon behind them. Alright, so basically, we get a flashback of when Wolverine gave Mariko a flower. A chrysanthemum. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's trying to show her that he has honor. We go to now, uh, Gorgon, doing a little bit different story. <laughs> uh, I liked him maybe a little more interesting in All-New Wolverine, but here he is, and he's got Scarlet Samurai, and he wants her to kill Old Man Logan. She hesitates just briefly. He gets away. Um, and, of course, the hand are regenerating. Gorgon yells at her, smashes some tables, and she goes after him. Um, he puts on a headband. He's trying to heal his wounds. Yeah. That was interesting that, you know, when his hand grew back, he had bone claws. I'm wondering, if that is that going to stick? I don't know. Or maybe... And is that going to play out in any other book besides this one? That's another good question. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love the colors again on this page um, of Old Man Logan in the alley in Madripoor. And... Um, Silver Samurai finds him, says he looks like crap, which he probably does. Anyway, they decide they're going to reluctantly team up to try to get rid of the remainder of the Regenics at the Yoshida Corporation, where Gorgon is trying to make more. The scientist fails. He's going to behead her, but Scarlet Samurai stops him. She explains, you kill this one, and you're just letting your temper get the best of you. Right, and then you'll never get what you want. Then Old Man Logan and Silver Samurai show up. Um, I love uh, Silver Samurai's uh, kind of banter in this book. Um, he and Old Man Logan kind of make a, a fun, reluctant team. So Old Man Logan starts slicing through the hand, and he has a fight with Scarlet Samurai. Silver Samurai knocks her out. With and, nanites. Yeah, which is going to cure her of the hand influence. Which I don't understand. Gorgon escapes, and uh, Silver Samurai is like, all right, your gift is to take Mariko and do what you want. Uh, uh, but they have to do him a favor. Oh, he's got to go find the rest of the reg- yes. regen- Regenerix and Madri- that's been shipped to Madripoor. And get rid of it. Yeah. And I don't ever want to see either of you again. Yep. That's his stipulation. <laughs> yep. So what do you think of the art? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. I, I don't like... Wolverine's big old face in the flashback. Yeah. I'm not, in fact, I'm not super fond of Diodato's almost. And I get it because it's maybe in some ways indicative of maybe classic Wolverine, but he's pretty Neanderthalish. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I thought the art was fine. The colors to me are my favorite part. Um, I can see that. And I like the story. Um. I like I like I like young Silver Samurai. He's fun to me. Kind of an arrogant jerk, but yeah. in an entertaining way. Um, yeah, I'm not real sure why the Nanites kick out the hand influence because she wasn't resurrected by technology. I don't know what in the blood would change, but do they do they explain it in detail. Nope. Just that the Nanites heal. Because that's how Silver Samurai uh, saved himself after he was stabbed. 
that they heal before the wound ever starts. <coughs> right. But so does it change your brain? I don't. I don't know. That's why I didn't like it. Yeah. It's weird. Um, all right. Well, what do you want to give Old Man Logan number 33? I'm going to give it four out of six. Oh, you went higher than I thought you would. Oh. Um, I was entertained enough. I'll also give it four out of six. Um, yeah. All right. So Moon Over Madripoor. Uh, this one is also written by Ed Brisson, art by Ibrahim Roberson, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! The cover again by Diodato and Martin. Uh, this cover is more interesting to me. Kind of have a collage. Um, it almost looks like a movie poster. Yeah, I could see that. It really does. Um, so kind of in the the focus, we have a big. Old Man Logan and Mariko with her Scarlet Samurai sword. And then to the side of that, we have Old Man Logan on the, the docks with a motorbike. And hand ninjas falling from the sky and coming out of the water. I I actually like this cover quite a bit. It's nice. So, I, I would go see that movie. <laughs> Alright, so we start off with a very interesting historical tale of the relationship between... Madripoor and the Yoshida clan and the Hand and how the Hand wanted to take over Madripoor but the Yoshidas kept them out and of course they eventually left and then the Hand took over anyway but um you know in the beginning it was good so Mariko is surprised that Old Man Logan is healing so slow um Old Man Logan is you know trying to come to terms with the fact that the love of his old life before you know his wife and kids um is alive again, and you know they kind of have some some talks. Are you feeling about yourself? And she's like, yeah. And uh, you know, she he's a terrible liar. So they're gonna go after the Regenerix or Regenix. Yeah, and then we get to a page where I literally got confused, and I think they just made a mistake when they drew everything. Oh, what do you mean? Well, they're talking. They're slamming this guy around. Okay, he's got. Black hair. Oh, it's a different guy. They change scenes. They're, no. they're interrogating different people. No, they're not. Yes, they are. She's interrogating the same guy. From here to here, but not from there to there. But she's here with him. Yeah, but that's not that guy. Okay, but... Or that guy. These are three different guys. Three different scenes. They're basically trying to say that the same, like everyone they met said the same thing. It's a a trope. So this guy's line bleeds into this guy's line. Basically, they're getting the same story everywhere they go. Oh, okay. (laughs) All their faces look the same. Yeah, you can put that on Roberson. Shame on you. (laughs) Anyway, um... They're not getting answers the way they want, so Old Man Logan's going to... Even though they had a sword up against them, I guess they were fine with that, but they see Old Man Logan's claws and they squeal like a pig. (laughs) Of course they do. So they find no lab with the guy, and the guy's mad. He's a terrible lab owner. Um, Then Gorgon shows up and says, I want this. Um, Old Man Logan and Mariko see the explosion. They're like, eh. We'll follow this guy, who, of course, leads them to a trap full of hand ninjas. Uh, they have to cut their way through that. Then they're like, maybe we should go check out that explosion. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. 
And they go. Uh, Gorgon turns the guy into stone and then cuts him up. And then he gets in the safe, gets what's left of the Regenerix. Uh, Old Man Logan says, tell you what, bub, let's knock all that out. <laughs> um, they do some more fighty fight. Mariko's going to kill Gorgon, but Omi Logan collapses and to be continued. Hmm. All right, what do you think of the art? I thought it was okay. It's okay. It's uh, better, I thought, than Roberson was doing on Weapon X. I didn't really enjoy his art so much on Weapon X. I thought this was a little better, a little more solid, a little more consistent. Um, not amazing. No. But But fine. What do you think of the story? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, my favorite part was the history lesson in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> that it got kind of less interesting from there. Um, and really, they're kind of just glossing over and kind of playing at how maybe painful this would be for Old Man Logan to have Mariko back alive. Right. Being old and she being young and, you know, but they don't really get too deep into it. Maybe not deep enough, I don't think. Maybe it just hasn't hit him. Maybe, yeah. They haven't really had a chance. I mean, he hasn't even had a chance to heal. True. So it something is bound to happen where it becomes an issue. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. All right, well, what do you want to give Old Man Logan number 34? Four out of six. Okay, I don't think it's quite as good as the one before, so I'm going to drop it to three out of six claws. Okay, mostly, I can see that. Mostly because I didn't think the art was quite as good. Um, story stayed about the same. Okay, well, that is our episode. Hope you enjoyed the awards. Denise is going to enjoy going to bed. I am. <laughs> anyway, um, next time, uh, well, should be Dan and Georgie back. Uh, we'll wrap up. Phoenix Resurrection and talk about X-Men Red if all goes according to plan. If not, then we'll do something else. <laughs> but as usual, please like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff if you want that is SnickCast.Podbean.com And that's it. So until next time, hugs and snicks everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>